This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. At Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We're here until midnight. Then there's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hey, Gordon Damer. Larry, how we feeling tonight, my man? <sighs> Can I be honest with you, Gordon? I hope. Gordon, I am so tired of watching the Knicks. I'm so tired of watching them knowing that they don't have a chance to win. I'm so tired of watching them just just screw up how basketball is supposed to be played. I'm just, Gordon, I am done. I am almost, I am almost, almost, Gordon, like a baseball fan who's upset with the lockout right now, I don't want to watch them. I don't want to watch them. I have no incentive to turn the game on to watch them. I don't even want to look at them right now. I'm just done. I am so done with the way this team is played. I'm just done. I'm going to try to walk you back off the ledge. I'm going to try to give you maybe some silver linings. The first silver lining would be at least they didn't blow a fourth quarter lead tonight. They did not blow a, f- a, th- a fourth quarter lead because the Sixers scored 38 points in the third quarter and the Knicks scored 36 points in the second half. So there was no fourth quarter blown leads. There were no fourth quarter meltdowns. And then the second positive, even though it comes in a loss, I do think, and this is not even with tongue in cheek, the emergence and now growth of R.J. Barrett is a legitimate thing. And if at this point of the season, in a season where everything that could go wrong, anything that you thought might go wrong, things that you didn't think would go wrong have gone wrong. If you can have just one saving grace out of this miserable season that's almost certainly going to wind up, not almost, almost certainly, it will absolutely end up in the lottery once again. It's that R.J. Barrett is emerging as the Knicks franchise player and someone that you can absolutely build something around. You're right, and I'm enjoying him. Uh, He was more efficient tonight in 10 for 23, still working on the three-point round. I understand that's inconsistent. It's it's so funny, Gordon, because when he hits well from three, he doesn't shoot the free throws well. Mm -hmm. When he shoots the free throws well, he doesn't hit well from three. But I'll take the free throws, even though they missed 10 again. It's unbelievable how bad this team shoots free throws. It's unbelievable, and they get there so often. I mean, they Gordon, they got there 32 times. They got to the free throw line 32 times. So, so they're, they're, they're not just a jump shooting team. They go to the basket. They try to, you know, get fouls and, and finish strongly. But they just don't. They, anyway, I digress. Uh, you're right about uh, R.J. Barrett. He really has improved tonight. He passed the ball a little bit more, had seven assists. And uh, you know, you and I had the discussion the other night about I'm thinking he needs to get other people involved as mm-hmm. in his uh, as Clyde would say, his forays to the hoop. Uh so you're right, he is a positive. And uh once again, Jericho Sims was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he didn't embarrass himself, gave you six rebounds while he was out there. You know, he'll get better the more he plays. Uh Cam Reddish got twenty three minutes, Gordon. I was shocked that he was on the floor so much. That's encouraging. I just, I know I'm asking too much, right? I understand. I understand I'm asking too much. And this is not about Obi Toppin's 15 minutes. 
This is about Deuce McBride's one minute. He got a full minute, Larry. Come on. That was a full – that was a long minute. You know, some things what, – what, a minute doesn't sound like that much, but, like, if you have to hold your breath underwater, a minute's a long time. So sometimes one minute, you take the – no, I can't, I can't spin that as a positive. Sorry. I need to count my blessings, right, because he got off the bench. <laughs> I mean, normally, normally in blowouts – in the game. <laughs> normally in blowouts, the starters are still in the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> So True. at least I got to see him. You at least I got him. to see him with the big club. And he hit a mm-hmm. three. Yep. He hit a three, Gordon. Um, I don't know how many Knicks were in positive numbers, but he was one of them. Yeah, he was one. Uh, Gibson was one. He was a plus nine. Ooh, Toppin right. was a plus four. Okay. And uh, uh, the, the the kid who came Arch- in. Who I don't know. Yeah. Diacono? Yeah, who I'm like, and, and you are who? Right. <laughs> He's a plus one. I was ready to say, if he's in and McBride's not in, we got issues. <laughs> well, he, you <laughs> we know, he's issues. the Villanova kid. He's the Philly kid. So, you know, that's why they, they, yeah, they okay. threw him in there for a minute. But that, yeah. yeah, well, okay. I got it. I got it. So, you're right, Gordon. That is a positive. Other than that, I'm just, Oh, it's ugh. tough, man. I, if oh, I, oh. I'll be honest. Like, last time we talked, you know, I was talking about Evan Fournier and how, you know, they're asking him to do too much and – you know he's a he's a catch and shoot guy. You need a point guard that can, or somebody can feed him the ball. He shouldn't be trying to take people off the dribble. That's not his game. If they fired him into the sun tomorrow, Larry, I wouldn't miss him. <laughs> uh, if I never see Evan Fournier again, I'll be cool with it. Alec Burks. I mean, for a guy, it feels like Alec Burks has more two for ten shooting nights than yeah. someone uh, of his caliber should be having. Um, and, and those two guys combined to go. What was it? Two for. Two for 19, three for 19 tonight. So, and how many times does Burke's ball roll around the room and come out? Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it rolls around. It is a lot. Because every time you turn around, it rolls around, it comes out, and, and it's just, it's, it's, ugh. it's just, ugh. yeah. It's, it's ugh. no, I get it. I mean, you, you just take a look at where this, the state, and the state of where this this organization is at right now, I mean, this season has gone as 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 bad as it possibly could. I mean, they're now 12 games under 500. They've now lost 13 of 15, 16 of 19. As the, it's like the movie that starts out pretty good and then takes a turn for the worse, and then you just keep watching it because it's on, and you're like, I, I want to actually see how bad this gets. That's kind of how the Knicks are now. They, they've gone, it's turn, man, and it ain't going back the other way. It's This is like we're just trying to get to the finish line at this point, and there's still a lot of time left before we get to the finish line. I know. That's what's so sad. That's what's so sad. And And you know what, Gordon? I don't see a win coming. That's the. I don't see a win. I don't 20, see a win. They coming. got twenty games left, Larry. They got to get a couple, right? Actually, right. I'll be honest with you. I don't want them to win any of them. I want I as high don't. a spot in the lottery <laughs> as I can because that's the lesson that I take from R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. Like the the Nick, you know, for all the things about oh the Knicks, uh, well, you know, they've tried tanking, they've tried this, they've done, the one piece you got was because of the year you you picked third in the draft and you actually mm-hmm. had the worst record in the league that year. And mm-hmm. you pick third in the draft that year. You need more. That's the way you get these kind of franchise players. They can't do it through free agency. They don't have enough pieces to trade. So they're one avenue to add real talent, like buildable pieces, uh, foundational pieces, is hopefully to get lucky in the draft and find the right guy. So I'm all I'm on the tank train. I, I, the the tank 
is like the, the the car that somebody has in their in their garage that's like under the tarp, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, that's been mm-hmm. put away for a few years. They don't really drive it that much. Yeah. We're breaking out the tank again, and we're all about it right now because that's the only way to salvage anything out of this season. If, if this season is going to go as badly as it has, mm-hmm. at least give me something at the end of the rainbow in terms of a big-time draft pick. Now, Phoenix on Friday. Yeah, that's not a win. Uh, they have a shot. Well, I'm sorry. Clippers on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sacramento on Monday. Oh, there you go. That's a possibility. Possibility. That's a possibility. But I'm I'm confident that they will find a way to lose that game, Gordon. I, I'm confident that they will find a way to lose it. It's and you know what? It's gonna be maybe a last second shot. It's it's not gonna be the El Fodo fourth quarter thing. It's not gonna be that. It's gonna be a last second shot that, that's gonna roll around the rim and come out something like that. That's the way it's gonna be. And I know for you, you don't care how they lose, just lose. Well, the crazy thing is, is the Knicks have now, I think it's 10 of 11 they've lost. Mm-hmm. And the one win that they have in that span is they beat Golden State. In Isn't, Golden that State. Isn't that amazing? Isn't <laughs> that amazing? I mean, that is the weirdest. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing of the whole bunch. It's just crazy. It really is. And so you just, you just, you just wonder. And you talked about Fournier. And there was a play. <laughs> it was so bad. I was laughing. I'm laughing here like I'm watching, you know, Kevin Hart. It's, it's, <laughs> he has the switch, right? So, so the Jericho Sims tells him, no, I'll take Embiid. You switch to that guy, which is Maxi. <laughs> He's like, so obviously he didn't hear him or didn't want to go to Maxi. <laughs> yeah, so know. he goes with him to Embiid. And then they, Embiid passes the ball to Maxi and he's like, oh, Maxi's open. So he, so he takes a step. Like he's thinking, okay, he may go past me. So he takes a step towards him, and then <laughs> Maxi puts the ball to move sideways to take a three, and then he's he puts his hand up, and I'm just, I'm I'm laughing because there's no <laughs> he didn't know what to do, and that is that Gordon is Nick defense this season. That is New York Nick defense. Yeah, pretty much in a nutshell. To a uh, T. It is, uh, it's, and it's crazy because last year it was such a strength of the team. Now, look, Fournier is not really – he's not uh, – that's not the strength of his game. That's for sure. Um, no, I mean, that, you're, you're really not getting a whole lot. I mean, he sometimes tries on defense, and he just mm-hmm. doesn't have that capability. Again, that's not his strength, and, and the Knicks nope. are just kind of loaded up with guys that you're not really – you're not – they're all in kind of these different roles, and mm-hmm. they're not suited for, and nobody – it's not a surprise you're not getting the best out of anybody, really, outside of R.J. Sure. Barrett. So. Not at all. I was down and out, and Gordon picked me up. I'm going to do the same for my partner when we talk about the baseball lockout a little bit later. Mm. Although he's not surprised. He's no. not surprised. He told you. He told you it was going to happen. He told I, you. Look, when there was that much optimism, what was that? Uh, was that Monday night? Monday, yeah. Yeah, it was Monday night. And it seemed like they were, I mean, they were right on the doorstep. Right it seemed like when they were talking with all these reports, this, all oh, this side and that side, they worked this out. They got 12 meetings, 13 and, sessions, 14 and, sessions. Yeah. I, and I blame myself because at one point when, before going to bed, you know, I said, maybe, you know, Gordon, maybe you're just being a little too negative. Maybe you have to let that optimism in. Maybe these two sides realize the damage that a work stoppage and canceling games would have on the sport. And maybe you're just being too negative. 
No, that was not the case. No, gotcha. Not, yeah, they got me. They got me just for a little sec, just for a little second, Larry. And then I woke up the next day and I was like, ah, there they are. Those, there's the idiots that I know. Of course, they'll fight over every last nickel. Yes, good job. Good job. Gordon, we all have a weak moment. Yep. That's okay. That was you mine. Had a weak moment. That was mine. Yep. A weak moment. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't let it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It'll be another 25 years before I have another one. 1-800-919-3776. Off to the phones we go with Chan and Yonkers. Chan, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Chan? I had a nice day today. Good. I saw the Tina Turner musical. And um, we're going to roll those Knicks down the river, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, uh, Evan Fournier and Alec Burks. If each one of those guys have a decent game, we win this game. It's not that we're getting blown out by 25 or 30 points, guys. We're doing well three quarters. Well, not too much this game, but fourth quarter, there just seems to be some kind of self-destructive atrocity. I don't. I think we're 12 games under 500. And dropping. Um, yes. And it looks to me like we're heading into being one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. Okay, point number two. Uh, I don't. If we, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> is it possible that Deuce McBride can play more minutes? Why is he always on the bench until three minutes left in the game? And thank you for taking my call. You got it, Chad. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. I'm glad you enjoyed Tina Turner. Uh, Gordon is very simple. I got news for Chan. They're already one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, well, they're, they're actually in the worst spot because the other teams in the Eastern Conference, they plan to be terrible. Yeah, it's true. This was the, the Knicks' plan was not to be terrible. Their plan was to be good, and this is the result of it. So that's, that's really bad. And, and, you know, and he brings up uh, you know, the Knicks self-destructing and they're doing this to themselves. They're just not that good. Yeah. They're just not that good, guys. That's what happens. That's, That's what, what bad teams do. Yeah. Bad teams do that. They do, bad teams are not consistent. Bad teams find a way to beat themselves by turning the, the ball over. Bad teams don't hit their free throws. It's a bad team. Now, could could they have played a little better even though they don't have a lot of talent? Yes, they could. But listen, Thibodeau said in the postgame, they have no margin for error. They don't because that's how bad they play. And, Gordon, they show you game after game after game that, very simply, they are not a basketball smart basketball team. No. They're not. Yeah. They're and not. they don't get the most out of their talent either. Mm -mm. Even for what talent they have. And I don't think that they're a very talented team. Uh, they do not – they're not. They're not finding that blood out of a stone. I mean, they give. They do give away a lot of stuff in the course of games. They're just not built that well. So even the talent they do have is just not efficiently uh, productive to to get the best out of it. It's just a bunch of mishmash pieces. That again, mm -hmm. last year everything went right. Derrick Rose comes in, kind of is able to to stabilize things at the point guard position. This year, not having him, you, you kind of see. You kind of see what you got. There's nobody there, and I think RJ's trying to, in a way. But, Gordon, there's nobody there, and this is what Derrick Rose did when he joined them last year. He, he, he got everybody to raise their level, mm -hmm. offensively and defensively. And it was like, hey, you know what? We've got a shot now because we got somebody who can score, who can create, 
So now everybody's not waving at me. Julius Randle flourished because he had a, there was another option to him. And other guys, Gordon, instead of them being the second and third option, mm-hmm. they Absolutely. all dropped mm-hmm. an option. So now, they, oh, I'm the third. Great. I'm the fourth option. Give me the ball. I'll shoot. I got. There's no pressure. And so now that's not what's happened this year. And Julius Randle has not had a good year. He's played better. He's not had a good year. And everybody else, and obviously Barrett, as we've talked about, everybody else has been just, eh. And, and, eh, and doesn't and win. As we've brought up a thousand times, the signings were uh, terrible. Not done. No, They're terrible. Not. I mean, they were just Brutal. terrible signings. So uh, it's back to the drawing board. And mm-hmm. and before you get really to the drawing board of what the plan is for the future, you're going to have to clear out a couple of plans of the past. Yeah, that's right. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Buddha. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing, man? Buddha. You know, I'm... Um, this game, before the game, you know, just one thing. I don't know if you heard this. Um, and Charles Oakley was talking about, you know, that Giannis couldn't, he would have been off the bench in the, in the generation in which he played. And I love Charles Oakley. He was a tough guy. You know, he was a banger. He was a great fighter. But I'm starting to wonder, he got a little CTE going on. Because we think that Giannis couldn't play in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> you got his mind, man. <laughs> but you know what it is, Buddha. You know how it goes. You know how it goes, Buddha and, and Gordon. The longer that you have played, the better you think you are and were. And so he's very protective, and he's really protective of that era. And I understand it, but you know, Oak, come back I mean, to me. I mean, listen, two plus two is four. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? Like, with this game here, you know, like, Gordon, like you said, I mean, like, I, I don't spoke this about you a thousand times. And, and I can understand the fans' frustrations and everything like that. But what's happening with the Knicks is the best thing that's for them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the administration, they're going to get a second shot at this. The coach is not. I, I don't care what you tell me. And, and all that stuff that took place a couple of weeks ago with people leaking these statements and gonna, whatever that stuff happened, you know what that is. They're just greasing, you know, the, the runway. This is, Tim's not going to come back after this year. And, you know, when I was looking at, you know, when I'm looking at Maxi, and thank God we didn't trade him, you know, put him in, in that trade for Simmons. But, you know, there's a part of me that when I look at, you know, Maxie's playing on a team that's better than Knicks. Then look at a guy like Quickly, he's playing on a team that's worse than a team that Maxie's on. Maxie's getting 30 something minutes a game. Quickly's getting 20 minutes tonight, 18 minutes the other night. It, it, you know, I think if they switched and then, Similar players, but Maxi, I think, goes to the basket with a little bit more strength. But they're very similar players. If Quickly was on um, the Sixers, you know, he'd be starting for them, too. You know that, right? It, it, it's the coaching, man. The, the coaching is a problem as well as with what the administration did or didn't do in terms of the people that they picked up. And what, what they did was wrong. What, what showed the administration, they didn't do something at that before the, the trade deadline. I think they could have got Fournier over there to the Lakers. He's the kind of player that they need. You know, you, you got to bite the bullet and admit that you made a mistake. But you know, aside from Julius Randle being traded, they could have they could have picked up um, what you call him. This guy, he was out there, man. The, the one who used to play for the Nets, didn't he? They yeah. could have got him. Yeah. You know, so you know they made you know listen, they, they made a lot of mistakes. But the coach is not going to survive this. You know, and and it seemed like the Sixers is like some juggernaut and all that. But I would just say take a pause with that, you know, because as I watched them, you know, in, in, in the first half, again, it was like pretty much the same game all over again. You know, 
they're giving up baskets after baskets. You know, um, they, they turn it on later, you know, when they need to. But you got to, like, judge yourself by the competition. You're not going to beat no Milwaukee Bucks. You're not going to beat the Miami Heat or any of these teams playing the way that they played against the Knicks in these two back-to-back games. And as much as Harden is scoring, you know, his defense is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And the bench, the bench is is um is non-existent. I mean, Danny Green is looking like an old man. Yeah. Um, Korkmaz, Yang. I mean, listen. Mills I'm happy we got Harden. <laughs> I, I don't know what's gonna happen there. I, I don't yeah. see us as a championship team. I don't. But I, I will say this to you, Buddha. It goes both ways. And thanks for the phone call. Just as you say, they can't play this way. They can't say, play the same way against the Knicks. As they can't play against Milwaukee or some of the elite teams the way they're playing against the Knicks. Buddha, they won't. They understand. When you go out and prep and you're looking, you're like, I don't, we don't have to really work hard against this team. What, what do we have to do? Like, stop. They're not going to beat us. What? All we have to do, we get tired. We're tired of playing along with them. I, you know, you, they play, they're playing to the level of their opponent right now. They had Minnesota and back-to-back with the Knicks. Okay. When they get to the better elite competition, Gordon, I guarantee you, they're not going to play the same way. They won't be able to because they'll have to play better defense. Otherwise, they'll get blown out of the gym. Well, look, the defense thing for Harden, I think, is going to be an issue in the playoffs. The only thing I will say is, and I do agree with Buddha, the, the, the love and, and everybody blowing up the Sixers now because they beat the Knicks twice and the Timberwolves. <laughs> oh, look at this juggernaut. Uh, in the three games that Harden has played, Embiid has gone to the foul line 53 times. Yep. That is not going to happen in the postseason. Nope. Uh, I don't know how – I don't have the number on Harden, but he's gone to the foul line a thousand times. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen in the postseason. So, nope. uh, look, they, they're formidable. Uh, I think that they could – I mean, when you make the Harden trade, it's championship or bust. I don't look at them as a championship. I, I would be – I would be shocked if the 76ers win a title this year. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they got to a conference final, I think that that would be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Anything more than that, I would actually be surprised. And if they won a championship with this group, I'd, I'd be stunned. And that's not good <laughs> because they no. got to win the title. Right. It's so funny it's because you got two franchises who are the same way. Brooklyn's in the same spot. Brooklyn's yeah, got to win the Brooklyn's title a, this year. I mean, Brooklyn's a mess right now. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody can have a real good feel for where – Kevin Durant fixes a lot of things, and mm-hmm. he's got to fix a lot of things. There's a lot of yeah. things to fix with that team. Yeah, you're right. And there's not, and there's not even a, a peep. They're not even giving you a – they're not even giving you a time frame as to when we'll see Ben Simmons. It's oh, not even – It's not. he's not even practicing hard. I mean, is he even practicing? Here's the thing. <laughs> There was, at least in my mind, when that trade was made, the thought that, well, okay, here's Simmons' chance, right? Like, this is his chance to prove all Mm -hmm. the doubters wrong. He's had to hear all this stuff for so long, hear how soft he is. This guy is going to get out. If it's anyone with a heart, they have to get out there and they have to just, just run roughshod, right? Just play the best and be the most focused and the most desire. And it doesn't seem like that's the case. It just seems – I know he was supposedly dealing with a back injury and he's, he's, he's not played all season, so there has to be some ramping up. doesn't seem like putting really the pedal to the metal trying to get back and, and get ready to go here for the postseason. doesn't feel like there's any sense of urgency at all, does there? No. No. Uh, Durant, 
possibly tomorrow night? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have no clue. I mean, we have no clue. You have a, I, you might have a better chance of Kawhi Leonard playing <laughs> before Ben Simmons. And I didn't see Kawhi. And I didn't see Kawhi maybe once all season until the All-Star break when they made him one of the top 75. <laughs> well, they had that one shot of him from the, wasn't that in this, the beginning of the season where he yes, was up in the box? Yeah, exactly. That, That's the only time saw I saw him. him. Yeah. I've seen him twice all year. Well, I'll say this, boy. When Kevin Durant gets back, a lot has changed since he left. When he left, they were in first place. Yeah. Now they're eighth, uh, and they're a game and a half ahead of Charlotte. Isn't that something? He got a lot of scoring to do. (laughs) I hope he's rested. They're two games ahead of the Hawks. (laughs) Oh, it's unbelievable. How about that team dying, huh? Yeah, I mean, talk about the, the, the false... The, the, the oh. fool's gold of last year's playoff run. I mean, at least they're still in the conversation. I'd still yeah. think that they have some pieces there they that, do. you know, after this season's over, they'll, they'll, they'll rebound or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, between the Knicks and Hawks, that playoff series, not good for the Hawks and even worse for the Knicks. Roscoe's in Brooklyn. Roscoe, you're next on 98.7. Larry, let me get this straight. So, Buddha was complaining about his team scoring 125 points, the bench and Danny Green, when my team was up the whole entire game, uh, Buddha, we were winning. We were up 13, Larry. And and I'm just confused. I'm, I'm just, it's mind-boggling. We sucked in the fourth quarter in the past. Now it's the third quarter where we just forget to play basketball, and then we want to blame the coach. And I get it. Yes, typical, typical, whatever the name y'all want to give him, it's taking all the blame, all the arrows, all the shots, but quickly sucks. And I don't care that he didn't improve from last year. He's soft. Bernay, soft. Like, like, what are we doing, boo? Like, how, Larry, how are he's calling up here? His team won again, and he's still complaining about a situation where the Knicks suck. It, like, be happy. And then this whole Brooklyn thing, like, like Ben Sim, like they got they got a deal. Like Philly is right now. Philly's what ten to one to win the East, and and, and I think that the odds should be better than that because Brooklyn is done. And we spoke about this, Larry. Like like I'm just I'm gone, Larry. I'm just confused again of what happened tonight, man. <laughs> well, Roscoe, here's the thing, and thanks for the phone call, Roscoe. You have a short memory. They were always bad in the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> they've always had third quarter issues, right, Gordon? Yeah. First quarter, third quarter, they've mm-hmm. always had it. It's just that they've played better in the late midway and late in the third, and they get these big leads that they lose in the fourth quarter. But, no, that's always been the issue. Yeah, listen, I agree with you in the sense quickly has not had the year he had last year. There's no doubt about it. It's not even close. Uh, but and, and nobody's saying it's all Thibodeau, but he's got his hand in there. <laughs> he's got his hand in there. When it goes this bad, everybody takes the blame. That's right. And you're the coach. Of course, you're going you're gonna to have a hand in it. There's not anybody outside of R.J. Barrett recently and maybe you know for a good part of the season that doesn't have a, 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 a part of this and a spoke in the wheel of blame. If there's a wheel of blame, Tom Thibodeau is a spoke or two in that, in that wheel of blame. Along with... The, the law firm of Perry, Wesley, and oh, Rose. Absolutely. <laughs> Randall's part of it. Yep. Uh, the players are part of it. Burks is part of it. Fournier's part of it. Kemba's part of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people to blame. Yeah, there's no question about it. There's plenty of blame to go around. <laughs> plenty of blame.
Uh, John is in Rockland. Hey, John, you're next on 98.7. Hi, Gordon. Thanks for taking my call. I actually have two questions for you, one NFL and one NBA. For the NFL, a little random, if you could take one wide receiver for the next 10 years, are you taking Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson? From the NBA question, if the Knicks decide to reconstruct the roster to three guys and keep three guys, which three guys are you taking? I'm taking RJ, Mitchell Robinson, and Obi Toppin. Thank you. I'll just hang up and listen. All right, All right John. Thanks. Gordon, he called do, you do out. Do so I have no. to keep three? <laughs> <laughs> I only need Dylan. only need one or two. Um, uh, the first one, the receiver, uh, I guess it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about, like, real life, I don't think there's anybody better than, than Justin Jefferson maybe in, in football right now in terms of a receiver. I mean, I, that kid is – what he's done in his first two seasons unbelievable. is unbelievable. The only problem is his situation at quarterback is a little bit more uncertain than I think Chase's is. So if you're just talking about, you know, what numbers they're going to put up, I'd probably go with Jamar Chase. The, the Nick thing – um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really look at the Nick roster and think to myself, oh, I, I got to keep these guys. I got the one guy I really want to keep is R.J. Barrett. That's the one piece that I think that is a piece that you can uh, and hold on to. And and I'll be honest with you. If you struck me the right deal, like I always laugh when I was reading a story the other day about uh, Joe Douglas at the combine. Mm-hmm. W- would Joe in the headline is would Joe Douglas consider trading down? Well, of course he's going to consider tra- he's going to consider everything. That's his job is to consider everything. So even when we're talking about R.J. Barrett, I'd consider him in the right deal. You know, sure, if the deal is right. So the Knicks yep. right now are kind of back to ground zero again of the rebuild. Now they have R.J. Barrett this time, so mm-hmm. it's not as bad as it was the last time. But yeah, they're they're starting from scratch pretty much. I'll be honest with you, Gordon uh, Mitchell Robinson. I'm not sure I'd keep him. I'm not sure. Injury yeah. prone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I not don't know. much of an offensive game. No, it's I don't never know. Never really developed. I mean, it never really developed. And um, Toppin, I don't know about Toppin right now, Gordon. I haven't seen enough of him to make I a decision. You know, he's got a. Here's the thing with him. When he plays, because you're gonna get limited minutes, Gordon. You have to jump off the screen. You, really you have to. You have to really pop off the film. You really. It's, it's like football, right? It's, it's like the. It's like the last preseason game. You better jump off the film because if you don't jump off the film in the coach's eyes, you're going to be walking the streets. And that's what he's got to do. And he's just not doing that now. He's He hit a three tonight, but it's almost he hasn't expanded his game, right? If we get into a transition game, I'm good. I'll see highlights. I'll be entertained. I may even, I may even move my big toe, Gordon, because he'll have a fantastic dunk that will get me moving. But other than that, I mean, he's not, that, he, he's not consistent a rebounder. He, you know, his his shot, he focuses on the three too much. I think he should focus on being more of a mid-range guy and then move your way out. Um, you know, he. but once again, you know, playing time doesn't allow you to do a lot. But I, I don't know at this point what I would do with him. I don't know. Yeah, it's been about a month since he had yeah. double digits in a game. A yeah. month. On a team that's going absolutely no place. Now, Nowhere. part of that's on the coach – but part of that's on Obi. I, you know, he's yeah. not. You're right. I, you would think that I don't have many minutes to do stuff. But when I get out there, man, watch out. And it's not, you know, he's, he, I mean, he's, he was the eighth pick in the draft. He had four points tonight. I he know. played 15 minutes. He had four points in a game that was not really up for debate in the second half of the game. Not at all. I mean, look at the approach Cam Reddish has when he gets out there. 
I don't know how long I'm going to be out here, but I'm shooting <laughs> right. and I'm rebounding. Right. I'm I don't know do, how long. I'm do my thing. Right. I'm doing something. I'm a, your, your mindset has to be, I don't want to sit down. When I get in the game, I want to make it hard for him to take me out. And Toppin hasn't done that. He just hasn't. To be fair, he hasn't done it. Nope. Talking to you at 1-800-919-3776. Getting your thoughts on what's going on with the Knicks and other things in the world of sports. Uh, let's go back to the phones and chat with uh, Alfonso in Jersey. Alfonso, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how are you doing? How you guys doing? Good, Alfonso. What's up? Um, I find it odd that we're talking about the Knicks, about how bad they are and everything, when we need a point guard. We haven't had a point guard in I don't know how long. Like, everybody knows this, but our general manager and our whoever's in our front office can't get us a point guard. Well, Alfonso, like, I'll tell you this. See, but yeah, how ahead. are we supposed to see what OB can do, what other people can do? Someone to put Randall in, in his place and tell him that you got to go there, I'm going to get you the ball there, instead of you bringing the ball down. And why doesn't he tell Randall, stop bringing the ball down? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Alfonso, that's a question we've all been yeah, asking. I mean, if we had a dollar for every time Larry has brought that up, we would be able to hire Jeff Bezos to be our butler. Uh, I mean, we have, we have brought that point up uh, a few times. A few times, Alfonso. I mean, we can't really see what anybody's going to do on this team until we have a point guard that could put people in their place and runs the team the way it's supposed to be run. I hear what you're saying, Alfonso. Thanks for the phone call, but decisions have to be made anyway. Okay, so so you understand that that's the situation, but you still have to make decisions. And, you know, I know that uh, there, there's so many of these great, you know, department stores with all these sales that's going on, Gordon, but right. there's not a sale on point guards that you no. can go down to Home Depot and get. You know, they the really good ones are rare. You have to either build them, develop them out of college, uh, you know, and even then, there's there's not a whole lot of John Morant's ro- roaming around who's just been unbelievable. Uh, yeah, everybody knows they need a point guard. And listen, I, let, I, I'll take I'll take a guard bringing the ball up rather than to see Alec Burke struggle bringing the ball up like he does and trying to run the offense. Yeah, I mean, there's just not that many great ones out there. They had the chance to to maybe get one when they had the the, the pick for Toppin. They decided not to go with uh, Halliburton, who mm-hmm. I think would have, at this point, you'd have to say, and a lot of us said at the time, that was the pick to make because Obi's not playing, and Halliburton would kind of slot into that point guard role pretty well. But yeah, they're tough to they're tough to find. They're not. They don't grow on trees, and, and they're certainly they're not growing on any trees around the Madison Square Garden for the last 20 years. They are not. Mike's in Staten Island. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up? Um, what do you think? Of, um, do you think Barrett's going to ever be like a number one, number one uh, guy on the team, or is always going to stay like a two or three guy? I know he's doing good, but I don't know if he's going to ever become like a number one lead the team. And... Well, I mean – He's the Knicks number one <laughs> until you can find somebody better. Like, do you, are you asking, can he be the best player on a championship level team? Probably. Yeah, you think Probably he ever really does it? But, I mean, he's still, what is he, 21 years old? Yeah, I mean, yeah he's, he's young. Not, he's, but he's not, he doesn't have, he doesn't really have the, the, the play in it, you know? He has more of a. But you know what, Mike? And here's the other thing, too. 
who is on this team to help elevate his game? Exactly. Uh, See, no. that's the other thing, too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I don't – look, do I think right now if you're asking us, I agree with Gordon. He is not number one. You put him on Phoenix, he's not the number one guy. You put him in Milwaukee, he's not the number one guy. You put him on a championship team, he's not the number one guy. Okay? But it doesn't mean that he, he can't be, you know, a number two or three guy on one of those teams, which would make him a number two guy on your team. Okay, and hopefully what you want to do is, and thanks for the call, Mike, hopefully what you want to do is build people around him so he can be the number one or number two guy and then elevate as he gets better because of people around him, he'll elevate his game and and he'll elevate their game as well. I mean, how many guys are number one guys on championship level teams? I mean, is there 12 of them in the NBA? I mean, there's yeah, 10 really. of them in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, there's not there's not 25 of them, that's nope. for sure. Absolutely not. So if you're asking me, do I think that – can R.J. Barrett be one of the top 20 players in the NBA? I think that might be, you know, on the out fringe of, of maybe 20 as he continues to build and continues to develop. But do I think he's going to be a top – is he going to be Giannis? Is he going to be an MVP-level no. player? No, I don't think no. that that's going to happen. No. He, right now his ceiling is an all-star player. Yeah, and, and he's, look, he's the, an all-star player, and the Knicks could use that. You know what I mean? They <laughs> they just need a few more of those guys. Doug's in Long Island. He's next on ninety-eight-seven. How are we doing, fellas? Hey, Doug. All right, that guy who said the three he keep when he said Mitch and Obi, I almost drove off the road. <laughs> I mean, listen, I was as high on Obi as anyone. I wanted Halliburton. They picked Obi. You know, I root for my team. They had. Nine possessions tonight, I counted. Eight times, Obi did not even go beyond. He didn't even go inside the three-point line. He goes to that corner. That's on Obi. And I don't want people telling me that's on Thibodeau. They have Randall here. You, you said it right. You have got to do things when you get minutes. Get the ball. Go closer to the – get involved. Go near the ball. Set picks. Roll off the picks. you got to do things. But I will say this with RJ. I believe RJ will be in the next five All-Star games. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. I'm not saying he's going to be an MVP. Without a point guard, the kid, oh, for over a month now, has thrown up almost 24, 25 a game. I think he will be a 25-a-game scorer. I honestly believe that. But the only two guys on this team to keep right now going forward are RJ and Grimes. And maybe if you want to tell me Cam, I like what I see with Cam, if you want to up-tempo. But the thing i got to tell you guys is everybody's killing Tibbs. What did anybody expect of this team? Look what he brought in for him. They brought in two useless players. And, and I know Fournier has good nights, but you saw tonight what Fournier is. When he's not scoring, he is absolutely useless. Campbell was a mistake. And this team, everybody knocks Tibbs. We have to, as Knicks fans, we overrate people. You've heard it with Obi. We need talent. There was such a lack of talent. This is one of the worst six to seven talent-wise teams in all of basketball. And that's terrible. Thanks, guys. All right, Doug. Thanks for thanks for checking in. I agree with him, but I'll say this, Gordon. Okay? You have nothing to lose right now. If Fournier is not hitting, sit him on the bench. He's not scoring, Gordon. Yeah. Sit him down. Let me see somebody else. Maybe somebody else can get hot. If he's not performing, sit him down. 
You had no trouble sitting him down early in the year. Why is he playing now? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> it's almost like the Knicks just kind of rotate their bad options. Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, well, you know what? I just can't take – like Kemba's the perfect example, and it may be the extreme example, but he was a starter. He didn't play at all. They brought him back. He's not, he's not playing at all again now. He's not going to play again anymore. It's just it's, – it's, um, there's a, a phrase that they use in, uh, in teaching. It's, I think it's called the dance of the lemons, that schools, mm-hmm. they, they'll take their bad teachers and they'll pass them off on other schools. That's mm-hmm. what the Knicks are doing. It's the dance of the lemons. They just, right. they just keep rotating their bad options. And he's absolutely right about the lack of talent. And to me, we brought this up before, the, the Porzingis trade, Ugh. not getting anything of value, not getting a player at the time. You traded a player for cap space. You didn't use the cap space. You traded it for draft picks. The, the draft picks are only coming to fruition now. So that's why you have that, that lack of – you took your best player and you didn't get any talent, immediate talent back. So that's why that's that deficit of talent. No question about it. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.